Sweet Mama D, do you want a housekeep? What? <laughs> do you want to clean this shit up? That's my 10-year-old daughter you're talking to. Well, she can't hear me, so that's why I said that, and it makes it funny. What are you saying about me? He didn't say anything about you. He just, he has a potty mouth. I asked her if she wanted to clean it up. Tell, tell, tell you know, he has a potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, I do. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Troy. afternoon or good morning, depending on where you're at right now. You are listening to episode 387 of the Trophy Horse Podcast. I am going to be your awesome host this week. I yield to no one. And joining me is the man with a splitting migraine, Tricky. Hello, everybody. I was wondering if you were going to like come up with like some kind of like natural intro for me like I did with you guys, but splitting headache I'll, I'll take right now. Yeah, well, you'll have to take it, because that's what I'm handing out. And I was going to say he brings the awesome, but that's my thing. He's the man, the myth, and the legend. He's Alex. You know, sadly, I think that after tonight's episode of Game of Thrones, that there are going to be many characters in Westeros, especially in the North, that uh, are going to have splitting headaches. Ooh, wah, wah, wah. Ominous. Fuck the Night King. You know, I, I saw a bunch of uh, memes and stuff like uh, this. 2019 is bringing the end to a lot of good things. Like the the Marvel Cinema, Cinema Cinematic Universe is, is going away. As, as we know it. I mean, obviously it will continue on. Oh, yeah. They're supposed to still make movies like into 2022. <sighs> yeah. Game of Thrones is ending. And in December... We get the the finale of the uh, the Skywalker trilogy or cinema. It's not even a trilogy anymore. It's like nine episodes long now. Yeah, let's not let's not talk about that. Yeah, I mean, well, the Star Wars universe—they're going to keep making money off of that because you know it's been a buttload to get it. But this is the end of the three story arc. It's weird because I remember feeling differently about the ending of the prequel trilogy than I do this one. It almost doesn't feel like this is the final episode of the arc. And and then I saw on uh, I saw on Facebook today that I hadn't done the research on it, but apparently Endgame uh, has already made one billion dollars just this weekend, and the weekend's not even over yet. Did they? I'm sure did they release it globally at the same time, like not just domestically. I think they said it made three hundred thirty million dollars domestically and one billion worldwide. Because most most movies don't do that; they don't release globally all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, uh, right now, as my dog's trying to say hi, uh, just reading the headline, it says Avengers Endgame crushes $1.2 billion globally and $859 million overseas record. That's crazy. And the weekend's not even over yet. No, it's not. We still got, what, five hours left? Four and a half. So, let's do like we always do. Do our update trophy count. 
Tricky. You want to read yours or you want me to read it? Uh, I'm level 39, total trophies of 9,936 with 118 Platinums. Alex? Level 31, total trophy count of 6,856 and a Platinum count of 102 in 101 games, which, as you all can imagine, I got a new Platinum. First, first Platinum in a long time. <gasps> which game would that be? Tricky, which game did I Platinum? 2018's Game of the Year, God of War. Yes, God of War. I, I don't. Re- I won't repeat all of that because I don't agree. But well, no. Yes, it, you. It's whether you agree or not. It actually won like ninety percent of the game of year uh, game of the year awards. So that's fine. I'm not that's making why I don't an listen opinion. To re- that's why I don't listen to reviewers. Yeah, especially don't listen to reviewers about the game that I've been playing. The Division Two. No, actually, I haven't played Division Two in about three days. Oh, he's talk. He. He's talking about uh, probably talking about Days Gone, which I saw. I saw a couple initial reviews, especially from somebody kind of, kind of uh, important, I guess you would say, in, in in the gaming world. And I saw their initial tweet, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not clicking on that. And any more tweets that came across, I just scrolled across it. I didn't even read it. I'm like, I ain't reading your link. I ain't doing nothing because I'm gonna form my own opinion. Yeah, the thing is, is a lot of the the lot of the reviews for the game. Um, actually, you know what? Let's hold off. I, I, I know I'm not the host, but let's hold wait, off. Wait, until- wait, wait, wait until you, what we've been playing or towards the end of the show. Okay. So me, I'm a level 28 with the trophy count of five, seven, six, nine and a platinum count of 90. Steve level 15 trophy count of 2,124 and a platinum count of 11 and the king of all trophy horrors right now, Sid Level 38, trophy count of 8785, and a platinum count of 162. I, I, you know, I don't want to shit on Sid and all, but can we really call him the the king after having CJ on last week? The king amongst us. The king amongst us, amongst us. Yes, I mean CJ's beating everybody. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But as for a Regular weekly host, Sid's whooping all of us. So, with that being said, Tricky, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Days Gone, a little bit of Rock Band 4. Um, and, you know, I've been play- I played Division 2, obviously, but ever since Days Gone came out, I have not turned on Division 2 at all. Something has dethroned Division 2. Well, I, I wouldn't say be, been dethroned, but it's just one of those things where I just want to put my focus into one game at a time outside of Rock Band, because Rock Band, you know, I can play for an hour and be satisfied. Okay. Alex, what have you been playing? Well, after finishing up God of War, I've been playing mostly on the Switch, but the game I've been playing the most is a game that actually came out for the PS3 a while ago. It's uh, Bayonetta. Ooh, nice. How is that? So, I bought Bayonetta 2 because I really enjoyed the first Bayonetta, and obviously Bayonetta 2 was exclusive to the Wii U. They brought it to the Switch. So I'm like, okay, well, I can buy Bayonetta 2, and then it comes with a download code for Bayonetta. I can replay that. That sounds great. So I, in preparing for Bayonetta 2, I replayed Bayonetta 1, 
it was a game that I could never get a platinum in because that game was insanely hard. You had to go through on Umber Witch difficulty, and I couldn't even get past the first level, to be honest. So that game, it's a Platinum Games game. It's rather difficult. So um, Platinum is just, it's, it's, it just never happened. And I was I was able to walk away with it. I'm like, I'm fine with never getting the Platinum in this game because I tried, and I just, I don't have the skill to do it. So after going back through Bayonetta, I don't like it as much as I remember. Um, I feel like it's very combat heavy. There's not a lot of exploration. It feels like the game is very dense. It feel you know I played for maybe you know a good fourteen hours I think. It, so I mean it's a decent sized game. I just don't feel like I went anywhere because the levels are so kind of dense. They're not short. They still take you know anywhere between forty minutes to an hour, but most of it's fighting. And I get that that's you know what Bayonetta, Bayonetta is. It's more combat. It's basically going from combat arena to combat arena. There's very minimal puzzle solving and um, exploration. So, I mean, I can't really knock it for that because what it does, it does well. The combat is very fun. Uh, Witch Time is still fun as hell to use. And I love that they incorporated that into Super Smash Brothers. There's, you know, combos you can do and, and extra weapons and extra moves and, and um, attacks you can buy. So overall, the combat's done really well. And it's it's the keystone of the game. It's what makes the game. So I get that um, amazing boss fight that still hold up just... The game is just ludicrous. The thing that really dampened my uh, appeal on it was that it's just, like, the level design, like, for me, like, levels and worlds and all that, I love that kind of presentation, and I love a lot of imagination, and Bayonetta just felt like the the levels and the areas were just kind of blah. Uh, they had some cool moments, but even, like, levels where you were riding on the motorcycle or where you were riding the uh, bomb to the city, like, those just felt like elongate like too long like they were good but then they made them too bloated and long just to pad out the game so the combat's still great i am disappointed by the level design and you know uh, one of the, the most frustrating aspects of the game though is that uh one particular boss like i beat i beat through the game on normal but i did have to cut down the difficulty to easy to fight jean or jean um she is the hardest boss in the game i didn't fight Roden, so i will say that but jean is the hardest boss in the game and i had to um, kick it down to easy because some of these bosses have four life bars. She's one of them, and there's no checkpoint during the fight. So you can only carry a certain amount of healing items into a fight, and if you lose against her, you have to fight her again with her having four health bars, and it just is really kind of off-puttingly hard. So I would say that, you know, play the game on normal, but it's one of those games where the combat's so fun that even if you kick it down to easy, it's still a lot of fun because... It's one of those, like, you can just do press buttons and do a lot of cool shit. Bayonetta's jumping around, shooting guns off her feet, or shooting bullets from the guns on her feet. So, uh, the combat's still a lot of fun. It's just there's a lot more that I noticed about the game this time that I didn't like. More centered on the presentation of the game and just the level design. The boss fights are still great, so I'm expecting more of that in Bayonetta 2. I just kind of hope that the, the level design is a little bit better, and they use a little bit more creativity in the worlds they create. So, is fun as hell. It can be off-puttingly difficult at times, but, you know, if you if you stay the course and you learn the combat, you can, for the most part, get through it without, you know, a whole lot of um, resistance. So, uh, not as good as I remember, but still, you know, a very fun third-person action game to play. Awesome. Tricky, did you still have some more games you were playing? Well, I, I did forget one game when that was Mortal Kombat 11, but uh, I did want to talk about Days Gone just a little bit. Okay, with no spoilers, because I'm doing that when we're done recording. No, no, no spoilers. You know I wouldn't do that. Uh, first of all, 
I'm I'm getting a very I, I'm calling Days Gone The Last of Us Light because it has a lot of the feels and the tension and the the stealth and the combat of uh The Last of Us. Okay. Uh, a lot of a lot of the reviews are saying that there's frame rate issues or that you're you're repeating the same mission over and over and over again. Um I I haven't experienced that. I mean, now granted, I'm not that far into the story. What I do like and while this could be considered a little bit of a spoiler, I really would not say it is a spoiler. As you as you play the game, there are missions to be completed. So let's say you do a main mission. The main mission progress is going up to 100%, but at the same time, as you're doing this mission, it's also knocking up the percentage of the side mission. So as you do this, this unlocks. Now, while that seems like a normal gameplay mechanic, like, hey, you can't do this side mission until you do this, that's not the way this game is based. It's like, you could do the side missions up to 100%, but if you do the side mission, it also ups the main mission percentage because you're getting that information back and forth. If what I just said make any sense to you? Yes and no. You will understand more what I'm talking about yield when you're playing the game. That that's kind of how I took it. So that's I, that's why I'm not like him. Yeah, it's it, but I, a lot of the reviews are saying that it, it's very repetitive. I, I've I've seen scores of like six point five out of ten. I'm not gonna say this is game of the year, but um, it, it's really boiling down to uh. The people that I've read the reviews for, it seems like they generally don't like these type of games. And that's why they're giving it a bad review. Because, like, in an open world, you have to expect some kind of open world activities. Yeah. So, I'm enjoying the game. I'm deep into it. It's it's not hooking me. Like, I, I'm able to take time off of it and walk away after an hour. Uh, the Last of Us, I was... Literally playing for like four hours, didn't even realize it. Uh, so it's it's not going to capture your attention to the fullest, but it will. It's it's not a bad game at all. Like it's good. The only draw that I will say right now is it seems like it's a little too hard at the beginning, and you really have to rely on your stealth to get by. Even though it kind of forces you to do the activities, I kind of, I kind of get what you're saying. I've run across I've run across a few games that seemed really hard at the beginning until you kind of got your feet under you. All right, well, close your close your ears for five minutes if you don't want to hear anything about the game because what I'm about to say may be considered a spoiler, but it's not. A spoiler. Trust me. Okay. Okay. Well, then, when you're done, just type in the chat that you're done. Well, no, no, no. I want you to stay here and listen to this. I'm not. I promise you, I'm not majorly spoiling anything. All right. You better not. I promise you. All right. So early in the game, you go and you do this mission, and it's at a gas station. Okay. And what you find out is that there are certain hives, like you. Did you ever see? 
I remember seeing a trailer where they took out a hive in like an over like in like in, in a tunnel. Right. Okay. So basically, you have to throw a Molotov cocktail into these weeds to 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 get them to come out and fight. So you them. can kill them all. Yeah. Okay. So early in the game, you come across this gas station and you clear it out and you do what you're supposed to do, and then the game tells you you have to go back to that location to clear out four hives. Well, the first time I went through, I completely uh, emptied the place of freakers because I didn't want to be attacked by them and just free, you know, be able to free search. Okay. It seemed back when I went back to that location, all the freakers I killed were still dead. But then when I threw the first Molotov into the hive, where normally two, like, two freakers will come out of the hive. Yeah. It seemed like there was 20 freakers all around me all of a sudden. So you can't really stand there and just like face tank them all. You have to like be strategic with it. You have to, you know, be able to have your shotgun or your crossbow or whatever you're going to use to kill them. But when you throw the Molotov, you don't have to kill the freakers as they come out because as long as the, the hive burns, you've cleared it out. Okay. So it just seems like you do that and that you got to clear out four hives in that location, but it's you can only clear out one at a time. Because you throw that Molotov, you basically have to get on your bike and either drive away or get to a location where the freakers can't get to you. It it just it's, it seems like it's overly hard. It's like, okay, you're at the beginning of the game, you cleared out your first hive, Maybe they should make it easy where you only have to deal with the two freakers that are going to come out of the hive. But all of a sudden, there's like 20 around you because they've just come out of the woodworks. And it depends on whether you whether you clear out the hive during the day or the night. It depends on how many freakers you're actually dealing with. Yeah, because at night, you're supposed to be a lot more. Right. So it's it just like that instance, like... It, it just seems like it's overly hard because now you have to, you know, and then you, you know, you have like, you know, with the game, you have to put gas in your bike. You have to repair your bike. So you drive away, but then you have to spend the gas to come back. And even when you fast travel, it uses up your gas. So you can't just cheat and say, OK, I'm on this side of the map. I need to go on that side of the map, but I don't have enough gas to get across. I'm just going to fast travel. That's smart, though. I like that. I like it too, but it just seems like it's. Well, the whole point of the game, though, at least the way they've been building it, at least the way they've been building it the last, uh, let's say, month, is the world comes for you. It's supposed to. It's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to have to manage your resources and all that. So. And I and I get that because that's that's where I get the feel of The Last of Us. Is it hard in the sense that? It's something that we're not used to, so that's why we're saying it's hard. And is that and is that the why it's getting some some of the negative reviews? Is because it's something that we're not used to. Well, okay, you just like The Last of Us, you could pick up melee weapons, like you could pick up a bat, or you could pick up a a two by four, or you could pick up a pickaxe, and you could also craft things, like you could change the bat into. A bat that's wrapped with barbed wire or a bat that's wrapped with nails that's more impact. Those, just like in The Last of Us, will break after using it for some time. 
And but you but you will always have a knife with you. Okay. But okay, a two by a bat will take out a freaker. I would say in five to six hits. Okay. The knife takes twenty hits. You know, and I'm just throwing out a number. I don't know exactly the number. Okay. To take what, what, out, what if you what if you stab it in the head? You can't stab it in the head because you can only melee it. Oh, so you're just hack and slash. Right. So while you, while you're focused on this one freaker, you have three freakers that are behind you that are hitting you and basically can two shot you. So you can't there's no stand there and fighting it out. If there's more than one freaker on you, you really either need to be on par with your melee shots or you need to run away. Tuck and run. Tuck and roll. And it, it just it's like I said, it just seems just I'm not complaining about the hardness, but I'm just saying it just seems like it's a little too hard at the beginning. But then they the developer said they want you to feel this way. They want you to understand that this world is unforgiven and you have to be on your toes. And I get that. And I love that about the fact that they programmed it that way. I just seemed like, you know how people complain about a tutorial in the beginning of the game and they say, oh, just let me play the fucking game. This is a game I think needs a tutorial, but has none. Mm. And like I said, I was also playing Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, boo, you're playing Mortal Kombat 11. Well, I told you, like, not only was I getting hype about playing, I, I was thinking about buying the fight stick. I uh, I wound up just buying the game. I didn't buy the fight stick. Um, so. You should you should get a trophy horse custom fight stick, mate. From uh, fight stick guy? There you go, from fight stick guy. So, me, I've been playing, played some Jackbox Party 1 and 2. I played some Dreams at a buddy's house. He had the early access for dreams. And I played one of their their, I guess, games in it. And it was called like Asteroid Something. And that game was fun, but hard as all get out. I played another one called Marbulous, and that was pretty cool. It was kind of like a if you remember Marble Madness back in the NES and arcade, it was kind of like that in a sense that you're just a ball rolling around and trying to hop around and get places. So that one was kind of fun. And I played some red dead Two. I fired up rocket league just to see what was on the next rocket pass and played a couple of online matches of rocket league. And I have been spending a whole lot of time playing world of warships legends, which I, thoroughly enjoy you can boo all you want i am a hat the only thing that would make this game better is if there were aircraft carriers you you boo world of combat i'm gonna boo world of warships that's i'm you know what i'm totally okay with that because i'm not a fighting guy but world of warships that is totally down my alley and (laughs) i love it so that's what i've been doing at this point i don't understand how you can get excited for mortal combat but then again, I fell out of the. Uh, I I lost my desire for fighting games a long time ago. I, I I will tell you, Alex. I agree with you in the fact that it did it, it. I said I would not buy another fighting game until it, they were on discount because it was just basically the same thing. 
this game has changed my mind. Like it, it is that good. I've heard there are complaints that it's super grindy in progression, in terms of progression. I mean, it is, but they. That's everything. I mean, like there's sixty four skins per character. What? Yeah. That's nothing futz. Um, but can you unlock all of those via playing in the game? You can unlock every single thing in the game. Uh, by playing the game, the only thing that I will call them out for, which I like, this is just a bullshit move. When you go to do a tower, like when you first start the game and you start go to do a tower, you will see the character Frost is locked. And you can go to the store, the PlayStation store, and buy Frost for $5. What the game doesn't tell you is that if you play the story mode, as soon as you complete uh, Chapter 4, you will get Frost for free. So basically, you paid five bucks to unlock it early. Right, but you can literally unlock Frost in like an hour. Well, some people are just... Right, but but here's the thing. It doesn't say unlock Frost here or play Chapter 4 and you will unlock it. It never notifies you that you will get her for free. It just basically says you want to unlock her. It's $5. Yeah. It's what you get for being impatient. Well, true. But as far as all the skins and augments and all the stuff like this, it depends on the mode you play on on how you unlock the stuff. Like, a lot of the stuff is in the crypt like you would expect. But when you go and you try to customize your character, it will tell you this. Uh, you could buy this with uh, in-game currency, which they call time gems. Or it will tell you this is found in the crypt. This is found in the time tower. This is found in the legacy tower. Whatever it is. So it tells you, hey, you can unlock this at this place. But it didn't do that with Frost. Gotcha. Um, but they they estimated that to unlock everything, it would take a minimum of 3,000 hours played. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I mean, I remember I bought Mortal Kombat when they did the reboot and like for the PS3. And I remember to get that trophy, the, the platinum trophy was just ungodly insane. Like the amount you would have to play that game. Yeah, and you like, had to play every character for 24 hours. I'm not playing this fucking game. Like wait to wait, wait to shut me down as soon as I look at the trophy list. I mean, I still played it some, but I am I regret buying that game. Yeah, the the, tro- the trophies in this game are not like are not bad. Uh, mo- there are tro- there are trophies in this game for. And I'm looking at my phone right now. Uh, you have to do two fate two different fatalities with every character. So basically, you just have to fight two uh, two battles with every character, and make sure you do a fatality each, uh, a different fatality. Uh, there are trophies for complete the basic tutorials, the advanced tutorials. And the strategy tutorials, which will take you about an hour to get all three of those. Uh, spill 10,000 pints of blood, which you will do naturally in the game. Uh, perform 15 different fatalities, which you'll get unlocking all the ones for the characters. Do 30 different fatalities. 
25 brutalities, 100 brutalities, show mercy 10 times, open 200 crypt cases, uh, play 50 casual versus matches, uh, 50% of the story and the full story, give 100 respect points in King of the Hill, uh, do 125 and 250 towers, uh, flip your stance 50 times in the match, which literally you just you know go into a versus match and just hit the flip button 50 times. Uh, like I said, there's one for every character doing both of their fatalities. Um, there's duck a hundred times in the match, which is simple, like going to a match and just press down a hundred times. Uh, run five miles in the crypt, which you'll do just unlocking everything. I mean, the trophies are not hard and somebody's already unlocked the platinum. So, so, so obviously you can get the platinum without unlocking everything because there's no way someone's put 3,000 hours in since Tuesday. Well, what, okay, what, what that 3,000 hours is saying is like if you want to unlock every fatality, every brutality, every uh, special move, every single thing for every single character, yeah, it's going to take you 3,000 hours. Yeah. But, but, but what I'm saying is there's not a trophy linked to that. Right, you're you're not gonna, yeah. There's, but like if you if you're never gonna play as say Jax, you're not gonna grind out to find everything for Jax. But if you you know if you're if your main is Scorpion, you're gonna grind out to get everything for Scorpion if you want everything for Scorpion. Maybe you just only want that one skin, and it's the first skin you unlock. Yeah. So, I mean, but I like it. Uh, some of the fatalities are fucking brutal. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. It's Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah, it, I, it's it's a good game. I would recommend going to buy it if you're a fighting guy. Yeah, I mean, even if you're not a fighting guy, which I'm not. The I, I would say the story mode alone. I mean, not granted, it's not worth paying sixty dollars to do the story mode. But the story it's mode is going to keep you on the edge of your seat. But see, that's the thing. It's it's. It's that good. Oh, come on. It's that the story good. story mode in Mortal Kombat is that good? I'm not going to say it's on par with, like, the storytelling of, like, God of War or The Last of Us. But, yeah, it's it's it definitely, uh, definitely gets your creative juices, like, tingling. Yield, you talk as if there's never been a story mode in God and, um, excuse me. In Mortal Kombat, they've had plenty of those before, dating all the way back to Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Deception, which is like an actually like an adventure mode where you find out like the the origins of the Dragon King. Well, I didn't mean it in, in essence of that. I just, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know where I was going with that, but I didn't mean it like that. Well, I mean, like any fighting game, you you hear that they have a story mode, like anything from Smash Brothers to Soul Calibur to Mortal Kombat, you think, really, can they have that fleshed out of a story mode or that engrossing of a story mode? Because the, the, at the end of the day, like, we were used to, even with, like, a game like the original Soul Calibur, like, an arcade mode with, like, maybe three story cutscenes throughout eight fights. So we haven't been really conditioned to, to feel like fighting games can have a, like, in-depth story mode. That's actually good. Thank you. That's what I was going for. Yeah, but the, the story, like, the story mode, even, like, the... The story mode in Injustice. Now, the one in Injustice and Injustice 2 is just a little too hard for me to follow. And it's all, I'm only saying that because of the fact that 
with the alternate dimensions. Like, in, in this dimension, Superman's good, but in that dimension, he's bad. Like, when you're playing the story mode, it's hard to tell who's who. Because they're not really distinguished. I got you. But the story mode in this one uh, is good. It tells you uh, why Liu Kang and Kung Lao are essentially evil, but they're not evil. You have to play it. it yeah, it's... we have to. We have to play it. No, no, I don't. He's not, and I and. And, and I doubt I will either, unless like a buddy gets it, and I'm like, all right, I'll give it a whirl. I I would say once it drops down in sale, because you know that once all the DLC characters come out and whatnot. Because right now, see, they've already leaked. Uh, I think Game the, of the year edition. Yeah, I, I I think the Switch version. Somebody data mined it and uh and found out uh nine of the DLC characters, and one of the characters is uh. If anything was going to get yield to play a Mortal Kombat game, it's this DLC character. Okay, and who is this DLC character? I'll give you three guesses. Okay, does it have anything to do with Sony? I'm not sure. But this this character is a you're a big fan favorite of. Are we talking like recently or like old school fan favorite? Recent, like you mentioned this character's name within the last two or three episodes. Nathan Drake? Nope. Okay. I mentioned this character. I'll give you a clue. They This character was just announced for another game. I have no clue. They were just announced by for Dead by Daylight. Oh, Ash. Bruce Campbell. Really? Yes. They're putting Ash in Mortal Kombat? Uh, hold on. I'm just I'm going to yes, but I'm going to go I'm going to tell you the other characters too. Uh It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're, you're probably going to have Freddy Krueger, maybe Jason. The possible cuz this is not confirmed. The possible names It's a rumor. For people coming out. Shang Tsung, which we know is already confirmed. Joker. Yes, Batman's Joker. Only if it's voiced by Mark Hamill. Uh, that is not confirmed. Well, the character's not confirmed. The other one is Nightwolf. Terminator. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Sindel. Spawn. Okay, I could go with Spawn. Fujin. Gazuntite. Shiva. And Ash. Such an asshole. Now, on top of that, that's just the 11 that are that were data mined and they think they found. An article came out today saying that uh, somebody hacked the PC version of the game and that those 11 characters and then there's going to be uh, 8 more after that. So a total of 19 DLC characters. No, gotta make your money. 
this next bit of news came out a couple weeks ago. As you all know, we took Easter weekend off. But we got to talk about this. So it was uh, announced back on April 16th, I believe, that uh, Sony came out and gave us some PS5 tidbits. And thanks to Alex, who put together a nice little summary, I can hit the highlights instead of reading the whole entire article. So if you weren't following all along with it or you just heard bits and pieces of it, the PS5 will support PS4 backwards compatibility. It won't be download only. The console will support 8K displays, which I didn't even know we were there yet. Yeah, but you have to spend 17 grand for the cheapest one. And it will support the current PlayStation VR models. So, all I'm kind of I'm kind of happy with the PS4 backwards compatibility. But according to Wired, and I had heard this as well last week, that you won't see it this year, and you aren't going to see it before April of 2020. So yeah, guess, that second part comes from Sony. Sony says not until not before April 2020. I'm going to take a guess. You're probably not going to see it until holiday next year. That would be my guess. But this cycle will put it seven years. After the launch of the 4, so it's kind of the same equivalent of what they did from the 4 to the 3. Yeah, the same same generation lifespan is what it was saying. Um, where was I going? There, that's where I was going. So, uh, Sony is... Okay, Alex, let me ask you. Is he ahead of Sony, Cerny? Mark Cerny? He's the lead architect on the PS4 and PS5, Mark Cerny. The, the guy behind Knack and Knack 2. Okay, so the uh, architect of the PS4 and now the PS5, Mark Cerny, showed off the power of the new solid-state drive. And what they did was they took uh, Insomniac Spider-Man and they tra- fast-traveled from point A to point B using a PS4 Pro, and it took 15 seconds. Then they brought out the dev kit for the PlayStation 5 with their new solid-state drive, did the same fast travel from point A to point B, and it took less than a second. 0.8 seconds, to be exact. And he finished this demo by uh, saying that um, not only were load times, you know, down, but with the solid-state drive, it can reportedly render worlds quicker at a quicker pace and allow for quicker movements in the game. So... Interesting tidbits. Tricky's more. Tricky's more the tech guy. Yeah, like I went through the article, and this this you know, we found uh, we were reading articles on IGN. So if you want more information, go to IGN. But I felt like, to be perfectly honest, that a lot of the information in there was stuff that we couldn't really explain. And if you know, if you're one of the te- technophiles out there and you want to read the specifics, it's better you just go to IGN and read it because we really can't, to be honest, explain it. Tricky probably can't even explain it, and he's the tech guy of the three of us. Well, I, I could, but I, I couldn't put it in terms that you would generally understand. You couldn't dumb it down is what you're saying. I'm not offended if you say that. It's not about dumbing it down. It's just when you, when you talk about technical things, you want to be 
you want to use the most accurate terms you can just because of the fact that it, it matters. Like, when somebody says uh, teraflop, you'll, you have no idea what a fucking teraflop is, do you? Well, apparently neither do you because you couldn't explain it on a few episodes ago. Well, I, I my best hunch would be that it has to do with memory and it's a shit ton of memory. Yes, but it, the ter- but the teraflops refers to the amount of memory. Okay. Well, see, I was kind of in the ballpark. So. So with No, here okay, okay here's what I think. I don't like tell me the specs, but once you get into like processors and all that kind of stuff, I would rather you explain to me how it's different than tell me the name of the processor that it's using. Explain to me what makes it different? Like, I include the, uh, Mark Cerny talking about the uh, the load times and how quickly it would uh, fast travel in Spider-Man would be compared to the PS4 because that's actual, like, that shows you how different it is. And it's a great indicator of how powerful the PS5 or the PlayStation, the next generation PlayStation, since they're not actually calling it PS5 yet, even though we know that's got to be the name. That shows you exactly what the big difference is. Hearing the names of the, the products doesn't tell you shit. No, it doesn't. I was, I was, I, I was impressed by that. You know, th- right now we're at a 15 second load time in this popular game, or a fast travel in this popular game. With our new system, we've got it down to 0.8 seconds. That's impressive. So, with something new coming in, you have to go out. Something old's got to come out. And if you haven't heard. Burnout Paradise is shutting down servers. But not all the servers. It's just everything from 08 Burnout Paradise for the PC, the 360, and the PlayStation 3. And they're shutting it down August 1st. So if you have some unfinished original Burnout Paradise that you need to do, you've got a couple months to get it done. But coming from... Burnout's uh, Facebook page, Burnout Paradise fans, after 11 and a half years of service, the servers for the original 08 game will be closing August 1st of 2019. That affects Xbox 360, PS3, and PC versions. Of course, you can play offline, and Burnout and the Burnout Paradise remastered servers are unaffected. So... I'm shocked that these servers have been open as long as they have. I know. When it's got to be that, some kind of record. When I saw that come across, they are like, well, we're shutting down the servers. I'm like, wait, servers are still up? Wow. I thought that was rather, kind of rather cool. A very, uh, like, a, a great piece of evidence to show people just how important Burnout Paradise was and how viable of a game it was that it's had such a, a long and history arc. It's been pretty relevant, even if it's been kind of in the background, whereas there have been a lot of racing games that have come and gone, and they're just now shutting down the servers for Burnout Paradise. Yeah. I I had a, I got a buddy that, after he got the Platinum, he went back and did everything to get the Diamond P12. I was just like, wow. For people who were ignorant of what the Diamond P12 is, how do you get that? Uh... You had to, I think you had to, you had to beat every showdown, and what was the other one? The, oh, I forget what the other one's called. Where you, I think where you crash the car, is that the showdown? 
there, there, there were two things on each road. Maybe it was the, you had to beat the time and you had to beat the showdown. On every road in Paradise City. Take me down. So, that's just crazy. So, and since Tricky is one of many people, but only one third on this show, is all goo goo gaga over God of War, I wonder if his heart is broken that there's no DLC planned other than some anniversary content. Which, if you, if, judging by what Corley Barlog said, uh, it all sounds like crap. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, um, there were people hoping that God of War was going to come out with some DLC. Corey Barlog has uh, tweeted out that they will not, in fact, be releasing any DLC because it would take too much time for them to do what they would like to do. So they're releasing themes and avatars, and he, he makes a little comment where he says, that's not all. But right now, all we have confirmed is themes and avatars, which, to be honest, is it's nice, they're free, that's it's fine, but it's nothing to get excited about. No, no. But I guess if you want to get excited about something, you could get excited about a a uh, a documentary that documents over the four hundred hours and the three years that it took to make the new God of War game. I would be interested to hear some of that. I, you know, you know, not that I've played the game, but I actually wouldn't mind seeing a documentary on it because maybe that would make me go, you know, what maybe I should give this game a try. I think that for me, like, some of the decisions they made in the game, like, hearing Corey Barlog talk in interviews about the boss fights and how they, they wanted to do more, but they just couldn't in the end, and that was kind of one of their big regrets from the game, that, you know, that that's just very interesting. And, like, just hearing discussions on why they picked the characters they did, why they chose the story to unfold the way they did, like, particularly, like, Freya, like... So, this is spoilerly, so, you know, come back in about a minute... But Freya, in Norse mythology, is not the mother of Balder. In the game, she is. And I would like to understand, like, Frigg is Balder's mom. So I would like to understand why Freya was chosen to depict his mom in this in God of War. Because, like I've said before, I understand that Kratos is not um, Zeus's son, but he's also not real. He's made up. There's actually a mythology, mythology to Zeus, but Kratos' mythology is completely based on the video game. So I would like to just hear little tidbits like why they picked Freya to be Baldur's mom when that's not actually how it was in mythology. Well, well they they got to take some kind of creative freedom, Alex. I mean, we know... Well, they don't have to take creative freedom. Just have Frigg be his mother in the game. Well, okay, but then you're talking about another... Uh, uh, this is a major spoiler, but when you talk about who Atreus is, that's a major, that's a major creative freedom right there. Yeah. So like, so I mean, why... to, to say Freya, uh, Freya is, uh, Baldur's mother. Like you got to take some kind of creative freedom with it. Like no, you're not going to make no, everyone. You're, you're, you're building on mythology that's established. You don't just say, Oh, well, this is the mom. Well, just because there's no actual reason why would you pick Freya over Frigg? I, I, you'd have to ask Corey Barlog that. But the, the bottom line is, is if if you're gonna introduce Kratos into 
Greek mythology, and now you're going to introduce him into North mythology. You, there's got to be some kind of things that are just different. It, it's it's and the best word I can describe, or the best phrase I can use to describe, is just creative freedom. Like you have to just let certain things go. Well, I won't. Uh, I would also <laughs> like to hear, like I, I would like to hear why the. Uh, the Valkyries, especially the Valkyrie Queen, was so much harder to fight than Poseidon and Hades. Because, I'm going to be honest, if if there's a fight between Hades and a Valkyrie, guess who's going to win that one easily? The Valkyries. No, Hades. Nah, I don't Hades agree. will murder them. I don't agree with that. Um, Hades is a god. The Valkyries are mortal. True, but the the Valkyries are the the, the most powerful... Defenders in all of the Seven Kingdoms. It doesn't matter. Thor, Odin, they could kick the shit out of the Valkyries. Well, that's Thor and Odin. Hades and Poseidon, they're Greek gods. He's got He's got a point there. I, he's got a point, but... I, I think... Uh, Scale it. I think, well, I did, I, why, I think you're just was, nitpicking, honestly. Kinda, no, not at all. Spoilery. Spoilery. Why is Balder so much easier than a god? Why is he so much fucking easier than the Valkyries? I, I still don't understand, like, the scaling. Well, he wasn't... He he. Well, he's... He was immortal, and then became mortal. But he was very easy. Like, the final boss fight to that game was easy as hell. Uh, I disagree, but okay. Oh, and you're the one telling me to get good when I'm like, yeah, that final boss fight was bleh. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to... Listen, I, I, I'm... Well, just... I, I already reached out to some people to do the uh, God of War uh, PG spoilers. Uh, I know that uh, a couple people have said they want to be involved, and I'm looking up their names right now. Uh... Daryl says he wants to do it. Uh, Hector, who is Daryl's friend, says he wants to do it. And Donnie says he wants to be involved in this one as well. All right. I'm cool with that. You bring you bring whoever. But I do want to ask you about the uh, the God of War anniversary. It's been a year. Uh, with the, Well, the year has actually come and gone because I think it's April 20th, the year for the God of War anniversary. How do you feel about the extra content that we're getting as opposed to DLC? I'm fine with it. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to the uh, the what, what are they calling it? The documentary behind the game. I don't know. If, did you mention that yet, Yield? Yes. Because I was t- I was talking about how I was interested in, in hearing the, why they made certain decisions with God of War within that documentary. Yeah, I, it's. <clears throat> It's definitely going to be interesting. I, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I I don't know if you guys talked about this. Like I said, I had to step away for a second. I'm a little disappointed there's no DLC for this game, but I'm also very relieved that there was no DLC for this game. I, I'm happy that they're leaving everything because without spoiling anything, that final scene... Like, Did you go back home, Alex, after you beat the game? No, I didn't. Okay. This is a spoiler for anybody. Um, after you beat the game and you walk down the mountain, when you go home, Atreus and Kratos are very relieved to be home and then be able to relax. 
and in the middle of the night, uh, there is a big thunder strike, and you go outside, and Thor is waiting for you outside. And that's where it cuts off. Like, Well, that's that's not surprising. I, I figured that there would be a three-game arc, or at least a two-game arc, where that character showed up, because you killed his sons. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Thor is going to be in the next game, and then we're going to finally fight Odin in the last game. Yes, that's that. I mean, that would be a good way to build it. So, I mean, that would explain why Balder was the final boss of the first game. Uh, yeah. So, that's good. My on, yeah, that's my comments on it. So, Tricky's already been diving into Days Gone. Yes, I will be diving into it hopefully here once we're done recording. But it was announced uh, on the PlayStation blog by game director Jeff Ross. That we will be getting some free DLC for Days Gone starting uh, in June. We will get a Survivor difficulty that challenges the Days Gone players with increased difficulty settings. There will be no fast travel. There will be no survival vision. You, Your heads-up display will, will be removed in the sense that there will be no maps and no indicators for, from the gameplay screen. The goal of this is to really immerse you fully into what's going on, jack up the tension, and really make it the definitive survival experience. Uh, we'll also be getting a a new bike, a horde, and challenge combats that will drop each week that will offer twists on key gameplay features. And furthermore, they wanted to add in the IGN article that completing the survival Difficulty mode and challenges will earn players new trophies and bike skins in a way of showing people that they are the, in fact, the ultimate survivor. I'm scared. (laughs) Well, you've already said that there are comparisons to The Last of Us, which I also drew to God of War. I said that I got a Last of Us feel from that as well. But specifically with Days Gone... If you remember, they released a Survivor difficulty or something akin to that for The Last of Us in post-release content as DLC. So this kind of furthers your... Uh, they're taking the same tactic as they did with The Last of Us here again. And, and that's fine. And that's awesome. And that's great. I'm just saying, like I was saying earlier in the show, the difficulty is ramped up at the beginning I'm a little scared to play a survival difficulty that's going to make that even harder. I I remember back to playing, like, Bloodborne and how the second boss of the game, or the first, like, I guess, non-optional boss, was one of the hardest parts of that game. So there is a precedent for them kind of, like, sifting through the gamers and saying, hey, do you want to actually play this game? We'll see if you want to. Maybe that's their way of challenging you to see who actually wants to play it. And that's great. I just, I, or maybe I'm they're just maybe they're just prepping you for the road ahead. Because one of the things about the Father Gascoigne fight in Bloodborne was that there are a lot of elements to it, and it wasn't like you would just find a giant monster. You had to figure out. You had to switch up your combo or your uh, combat style on the fly mid fight. So I mean, maybe by doing that, making it harder, they're trying to teach you skills that you will actually need to beat the game later on, so that you you know learn those early on, so you can use them throughout the game. I mean, I'm going to play it. I'm just... Yeah, it's going to... 
It's definitely going to get me uh, a little worried to play it. That'll bring us to the end of this episode. But we do have a topic of the week. So if... Uh, you want me to take this one? Well, you can if you want. I had heard about it. Actually, I knew more about it than the guy explaining it to me. <laughs> but go ahead. All right. So GameStop is offering a full price store credit within 48 hours of game launches. And Days Gone was the test case with this. Uh, GameStop has released a new promotion that offers the full price of the game refunded as store credit within 48 hours of its launch. Uh, the promo is titled Guaranteed to Love It, and it was announced the day after the new CEO for GameStop moved into the role. In a statement to Polygon, which is my worst, uh, my least favorite website of all time, uh, he said, quote, true to our core promise, today's announcement is a testament that GameStop is committed to giving the power to the players and our guaranteed to love it trade promotion offers our players the peace of mind of buying a video game inside our retail stores at no risk and beginning with days gone next week. At the beginning, the initiative will only include the, days, the game Days Gone and is seemingly only eligible with the standard edition retailing at $60. It's unclear when more games will be included, included in the promotion and if anything outside the standard edition will be accepted. This is on the precedence that GameStop has reported losses of $488 million in its third quarter last year and a net loss of $673 million for the entire 2018 fiscal year. So, my question, and the reason I put this in our topic of the week, uh, one, how do you guys feel about being able to get full price store credit from GameStop if you buy a game and you don't like it? I'm going to start this off by saying this is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Because you know there's going to be people that are going to go out, get a game, Binge play it for the 48 hours and then return it. Be, beat, it beat it and then send it back. Right. You do realize, Tricky, that you made jokes about renting from GameStop before. Yes, but I'm working within their system. This is the same people that are going to work within the system. But this is the difference is, is now GameStop for themselves. Just looking at the business side of this. I'm GameStop. I sell you the game. You go home, binge play it for 48 hours. You beat the game. You bring it back to me. I give you $60 worth of store credit. Now, granted, I still have your $60. But now I have to sell that same game to Yield, but I can't sell it as a new game. I have to sell it as a used game. Yeah, so you take a $5 hit. Right. So it it just it doesn't make sense because I don't see the people like being able to really utilize this. Uh... For new games, at least for me, it's not really going to be that that effective for me because... You're not going to go home and binge play a game for 48 hours. No, there's only been a, a few games that I've actually been able to, to really sink my teeth into right away. But most games, if, if I'm going out on a lark and I'm getting it day one, I've pretty much done my research and I'm pretty much decided that I'm, I'm playing this game. If it's a game that I'm leery about, I always wait until either the price drops to where I feel like if the game sucks, I don't feel like I wasted money. 
or I wait until some buddies maybe have picked it up, and they're like, you know what, no, it is a pile, a heaping pile of crap, stay away from it. Or I've actually read some reviews on it. So, but you're right, that's the first thing I thought of, Tricky, is that people are going to go home, binge play it, come back and be like, yeah, I didn't like it. I mean, and then, and also along the same lines, there's going to be people that are going to go to Redbox, rent it for three dollars, play it for twenty four, and then you know they're only going to be out three dollars. GameStop is doing this because they're getting losses, and this is the way for them to get sixty dollars, regardless of if they bring it back. Because now, if somebody brings it back, they still have your sixty dollars, and you can, you know, they can now sell the game to somebody else. So, GameStop is smart in that aspect where they're guaranteeing that they're going to have at least one sale off the game. And if somebody brings it back, then they still have the $60. And then, you know, they're going to lose the money. Uh, and they're not even going to lose the money. They're, they're going to be able to, to have that refund to buy something else. So, it's going to benefit the player in the long run, but it's also going to benefit GameStop because they're going to have the money guaranteed. And it, they, well, it's not really going to matter because probably the reason they're losing money because is because everybody's going have, digital. Yeah, you have content being sold digitally, but also they're all like Walmart, Target, all these other places are biting into their market share. And if the whole thing goes digital, Walmart doesn't care because Walmart's a giant. They sell tons of shit. You know, they can still sell digital game cards, but if GameStop like is just relying on digital game cards. You can't return those. It's not helping their used market. So like they're getting screwed. They're not making money off of console sales. They thrived on used game sales where they would give you a pittance back for your games and then they would sell them for $10 less. Like I, we went to GameStop and, and Ashley got uh, the th- for the 3DS Animal Crossing New Leaf. The used copy was $2 cheaper than the new copy. So she just went ahead and bought the new copy. But basically... The digital market, which is growing, is cutting into their used market. So regardless of what they do with this, it's not going to help at all. Because no, they're, it's not. their business is dying. I, I think they got too big for themselves. Because if you look at them, they're tied into... They started off as just a brick and mortar store. Now they're tied into Game Informer. They're tied into Think Geek. I think they're tied into something else. IGN owns I, them now. Yeah, see, they're, they're tied in to way too many things. Instead of just staying, you know, video games and stuff like that. And I, you know, honestly, I think if they just stayed video games, if they didn't like diversify themselves, they'd be even more screwed because they're a game specialty retailer. How many of those are there still around? Actually, hold on. I got to clarify myself. IGN doesn't own GameStop. IGN owns Game Informer. No, they do. I thought, I thought GameStop was a part of that too. GameStop, I know, or excuse me, IGN, I know, bought um, one of our sponsors. Well, I can't think of the name of it. Amazon? No. Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle? I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I could totally be wrong. I just thought that they were, you, you see an awful lot of GameStop ads, so I thought that they were linked together. And maybe, and, and maybe this would, maybe the downfall of GameStop will bring back the mom and pop video game stores because I always like those. No, because they won't exist unless you're 
in the market for like retro games or you're selling like here in Kentucky we have numerous places that does it but like book and music exchange where they sell like secondhand CDs and video games like unless you're selling retro games then you can't run a mom and pop video game shop these days how can you compete when people are moving to digital but then you also have to compete with Walmart and Target and all that being a specialty games retailer and only selling video game related merchandise is a death sentence how can you survive answer me this and I posed it just you know moments ago how many other game specialty retailers are there? There isn't. GameStop None, because they all went out of business or GameStop bought them. And the same thing is going to happen to GameStop. GameStop can't survive. I'm looking this up right now. What, how many other specialty ones are there? No, no, no. I'm I, IGN, because uh, I believe IG. <sighs> okay. I, I'm, I'm going off of what I remember, and I'm not exactly totally sure I know this. Um, back when I used to listen to podcast beyond, they used to say that they had to disclose that they were affiliated with game informer because, uh, uh, you know, it was like a legal thing where they had to say they were, uh, they were, they were t- together. I'm trying. And I know that. IGN bought Humble Bundle, but if GameStop owns Game Informer and IGN is partnered with Game Informer, wouldn't that mean that IGN owns GameStop? Or they're partners in it, 50-50 or something like that. I mean, like I said, I, I could totally be wrong. I just thought I, I thought that they were somehow linked at one time. I'm, I'm going to look this up and uh, report on this next week. All right, sir. It's all you. All right. I'm not housekeeping. Your host, you have to housekeep. No, I don't have to housekeep. Proofgamer.com is looking for Tomorrow's podcast and video as a news portion and generalized help with the site. If you're just applying, go to Proofgamer.com, click on the Help Watch tab, and fill out the application, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all the articles and all the videos. Speaking of videos, their videos can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. You can also catch me streaming at random times at twitch.tv backslash Proving Gamer. If you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. The first one is the the bring the business email, which is trophyhorse at ProvingGamer.com. That's trophyhorse at ProvingGamer.com. Once again, that's trophyhorse at ProvingGamer. Dot com. You can call us, but Yield will tell you the number. 330-39-330-776-8369. And Alex will tell you about their Twitters. My Twitter is at Sonosaurus Rex. Mike's Twitter. Oh, oh, oh. No government, government names. Government names. No. Mike's Twitter is at Tricky Mick. Yield <laughs> is at I Yield to No One. Steven's at Child 27 Sid is at Sederney. S-I-D-D-E-R-N-E-Y. And uh, Troy's is at, um, I'm sorry, Troy, I forgot your Anti-Social your Gamer. Anti-Social Gamer. What, yes. What about the website and the podcast? At Proven Gamer and at Trophy Horse. Those, those should be e- easy to figure out, but I guess I need, I guess you, know, you need to know that they exist for you to, to look them up. Yeah, and we don't advertise this often, but we do have a Facebook group, facebook.com backslash groups slash Trophy Horse Podcast. Um, you do have to be accepted to come into it because it is a private group, but that's only because some of the things that get posted in there, we don't want popping up on your normal Facebook feeds. You potty mouths. Uh, 
I'm getting a kiss from Sweet Mama D right now. If you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. But be sure to listen to our other podcasts, PG Spoilers, Nintendo Dual Screens, and GameStop. All the podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, Stitcher, your various podcasts, podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play, tune in, and you can listen to Trophy Horse and Dual Screens on iHeartRadio and Spotify. We have PlayStation 4 communities. There's one for the site called Proving Gamer. There's one for the show called T Does Brothel because Shuhei will not let us say whores on the network. And you have Yield Group, which is the Platinum Guild, which uh, people have been posting nonstop in lately there, Yield. I see that. They're stacking Platinums. Um, but that is the end of our housekeeping. But we do have some sponsors. Our first sponsor is the IGN-owned Humble Bundle. Alex, tell us about Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, the, web, the address for the website is homebundle.com. If you don't know what it is, it's a charity initiative in which every month they bundle together a bunch of games to create uh, basically a, a giant entertainment. Well, I used the word bundle already as a verb. I guess I'll have to use it as a noun too. They bundle together a bunch of games and sell them at a discounted price, pretty much a price that you get to name yourself. Now keep in mind that there are tiers to each bundle. So when you, if you, the less you pay, the fewer games you get. But generally, if you pay twenty bucks, you can get all the games, which ranges anywhere from like six to nine games. And a lot of times, the value of the games exceeds two hundred fifty dollars. So even if you're spending twenty bucks, you're still doing pretty well, and the money does go to charity, so you are helping out too. They also have sales on things like books, comic books, as well as single games. So if you're looking for bundles of games, bundles of comic books, bundles of books, Humble.com is the place to go. And if you want to sign up for their electronic newsletter, you can sign up on the, you just enter your email at the bottom of the homepage at, uh, in the space given. I would tell you about the games bundle, but it's going to expire in one day in 17 hours and the show's not going to be out by then. So yeah, if you're, uh, if you're interested in seeing what's new, just go to provinggamer.com, go to the show description for this episode of Trophy Wars, and the link will be in the show description. That's our personal uh, partnership page with Humble Bundle. Yes, it is. All right, Yield. Yes. Tell us about Extra Life, sir. So, if you would like to go to extra-life.org, you can sign up for a team. Proven Gamer has a team, or you can create your own team, or you can just play solo. And why would you be wanting to do any of these? Because Extra Life is a charity organization that benefits the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. And 100% of the monies that are donated to you or your, well, for you, your team together, but it all goes separately. But 100% of the money donated to you will go to the Children's Miracle Network Hospital of your choosing. So you go to extra-life.org, you create a team or create yourself, you get friends, family, neighbors, strangers, coworkers, it don't matter, to get them to donate money. And then on November 2nd, you play video games for 25 hours, and voila, it's a win-win. You help sick kids, you get to clear out your backlog. That's always good, clear out your backlog. It's always great to clear out your backlog. Which you're not doing, Tricky, given the uh, the meme you posted the other day. You, you like that, don't you? That is so you. <laughs> Ashley posted that meme last year, I think, when uh, I was playing the Mega Man X Legacy Collection. So it's the picture of the guy and the girl walking by another girl, and as the other girl is walking away, the dude turns around to check out the other girl, and uh, she posted on there that uh, I was checking out Mega Man X Legacy, or the Mega Man X Legacy Collection <coughs> Planet, because uh, I put some time into that. You better believe that. You're a yield? I went down the wrong pipe. Yeah, I'm good. I'll live. 
I, I saw you. You finally saw that picture on the in the Facebook group. Oh yeah, I had seen it. Someone else had posted it. I think maybe CJ had posted that, and I'm just like, that's so tricky. <laughs> you just do that, and uh, the 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 girl you're checking out should just be the division two. There you go. All right, uh, and we have our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com backslash Proving Gamer, you can support us if you want at any tier. No matter what tier you decide to support us at, know that it's greatly appreciated and does help to keep the lights on here at Proving Gamer. With that being said, we'd like to give a shout-out to our Patreon producers, Felicia, Steph, and CJ, who you heard last week. Go back and listen to that episode. That was a great episode. Uh, If you're... Amazon Prime, you are also Twitch Prime. If you could, go to uh, Link the Two, then go to twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer, and you can sub every month for free. Now, you do have to come back every month, but Tricky is being such a good guy. He will actually send you a reminder saying, hey, your Twitch Prime's membership is up, and if you want to renew it, now's the time. But with that being said, let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Yield, go first. So, I would like to give a... Uh... Shout out to IGN, where Tricky was able to put together these stellar show notes. A shout out to Alex for not only recording this week, but putting together the shortened version of all the PS5 nudes. A shout out to Tricky for toughing it out through his splitting migraine and recording with us this evening. A shout out to you, all the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. Thank you for downloading, listening, spreading, contributing to everything that is Proven Gamer and Trophy Horrors. Uh, shout out to Ben Studios for Days Gone. I'm about to try to dive into that before I head to bed tonight. Uh, shout out to my nephew, whose birthday is today as we are recording. And... A shout out to Wargaming.net because I really, really enjoy... Uh, World uh, World of Warships Legends, even though I suck at player versus player, but I still enjoy blowing things up World War II style. Alex, your shout-out, sir? First of all, as always, I want to give a listen, uh, a shout-out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire, the trophy whores. Thank you all for your continued support. Because of you all, the show is where it is today. We would not be on iHeartRadio without you. We would not be on Spotify. So thank you all very much for just spending some time with us every week. We appreciate it more than we can ever, ever um, convey. I'm going to give a shout-out to Criterion Games for their all their success with Burnout Paradise, which, as we heard in the show, the servers are finally going down after 11 years, which is incredible. I give a shout-out as well to Homer Gets Stuffed, who is currently replaying Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, one of my favorite games ever. And until Shadow of the Colossus came out, came out my favorite game of all time. So good on Homer for going through and playing that again. Yield, isn't he playing with? Is he playing it with your nephew alongside your nephew? He's playing along with his nephew. His nephew. From, okay. From the way I understood it, is his nephew got it for the 3DS. So Homer's going back and playing it on the console, so that way they can, you know, compare as they're playing through together. Homer should be playing Rock Band Four. Homer can do whatever Homer wants, and Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is a better game than Rock Band 4, so... Yes, but we are in, uh, we're trying to get a record contract that we need him to show up to practice. Well, take that up with Homer. Give, give him a text, give him a call. Don't call him out here on the podcast. Oh, I'm calling him out on the podcast. You're being passive-aggressive. No one likes that. 
I also want to give a shout out. Facebook post in the group from Jerome. Uh, Jerome says, sitting at 161 Platinums at 98% completion rate unless more DLC trophies hit the servers. I believe I am tied with Sid Ditchfield now. And Michael Miller, you can kiss my butt from behind. Call me out on the podcast with only 60-something plats. My ass. LOL. Love you guys and, lo- and the community. So, that, do you know the big b- shout out to Jerome for posting in the group. Do you, you know the backstory behind that? I suppose that you're going to tell us anyway. Yes, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, last time we recorded, I called out people on my friends list who changed their name, but I didn't know who the hell they were. The person that I called out uh, was uh, Mr. Trophy Hunter. That's Jerome. And by the way, Jerome, you. Uh, you put a typo because when you posted that you had 161 platinums, you actually had 162. So you're tied with Sid. Well, big shout out to Jerome for being tied with Sid, but also being a part of the community and writing into us. Yes. All right. I want to give a shout out to Sweet Mama D, who was sitting on my lap and then they got yelled at because she didn't put her table dinner table away. Uh, hey, Tricky, you do realize I'm not done yet, right? Oh, I'm sorry. You got to give a shout out to your lovely girlfriend, too. I do have to. I'm going to give a shout-out to my awesome, loving girlfriend, Ashley. We are getting ready to sit down and watch some Game of Thrones, episode three of, of season eight, and we figured there's going to be a whole lot of death tonight. So The Night uh, King dies. preparing ourselves. Huh? The Night King dies. Uh, we can only hope so. But, yeah, we're, we're pre- preparing ourselves. We have wine and beer in the fridge, so... Uh, uh, but I definitely want to give a shout-out to my awesome girlfriend, Ashley, for taking this journey with me through Game of Thrones and all the heartache that's about to happen. All right, just for the record, uh, when I said the Night King dies, it's not a spoiler, because obviously at the time of this recording, uh, the episode hasn't aired yet, so don't take it personal if the Night King actually dies. I didn't know. It's just, I was just trying to mess with Alex. Or did you? Or did I? All right, shout out to the goddess. Uh, Shout out to Sweet Mama D, who's now back on my lap, sitting on my lap. Hi. Tell Alex he's a meanie poopoo head. Because I said so. Yeah, she don't wanna. You, you know, you're supposed to talk into this thing. It's called a microphone. Oh, hi. Hi, sweet mama D. Alex says hi. Hi. Yul, hi. Yul didn't say anything because he doesn't like you. I don't like you, Oh. <laughs> uh, shout out to the listeners. Thank you very much for listening. Shout out to everybody that listens to the show. I mean, it's greatly appreciated. I see the numbers. They are growing. I'm happy to say that. Uh, Sweet Mama D, who puts up with all my BS so I can sit here and record with you guys, who's actually 44 minutes past her bedtime. Yes. Supposed to be in bed. Yeah, quiet. Uh, To be fair, she gets to stay up later while you're recording, so it's kind of a boon for her, too. No, actually, she's supposed to be in bed by the time I sit down to record. So this way, I'm not losing time with her. But her and the goddess uh, returned from a trip uh, because uh, today is actually Greek Easter, as of the recording. So they were up there in uh, another state celebrating Greek Easter. Ooh, I bet that was interesting. Yes. Uh, so until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. See you next week. Save your life.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. (laughs) 